What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and I want to thank you all so much for tuning in today. Um, it is, it's an honor and a joy to come to you on this second episode for the week. Uh, we're trying to put out content more consistently here. We're trying to ramp up the guest interviews, and uh, we just really want to grow this podcast to reach more people in our community. Uh, I've learned so much over the past six months to a year from our community, from the landscape industry, and so I want to give back a little bit, just a little bit that I can. Um, like I said from the beginning, we're going to talk about lawns and, and landscaping a pretty good bit, but we're also going to talk about just business principles, and, and um, we're going to get a wide variety of guests on here from, from young guys, my age, younger, and all the way up to older guys. Uh, as y'all heard, if you listened to the last episode, we had a, an older guy on here that has been in the industry for 11 or 12 years now. Uh, he's got a few got a few things under his belt, so he's able to give some good advice there. And uh, today we're actually going to have uh, Zach Wild from Wild's uh, Lawn Service or Landscaping? I, I forget. Uh, Wild E Lawn Service. Wild E, okay. See, Wild I, e, yeah. I don't even know how to say <laughs> Everyone your name. butchers it, it's fine. <laughs> well, how you doing, Zach? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're doing another late night podcast, and so I'm going to try to keep the yawns to a minimum, uh, <laughs> keep stocked up on water and stay fresh. Uh, but it's an honor to have Zach here, and we uh, was another guest, another guy that we met at together in the trades. Uh, that that networking event for mar- for couples that were married and in business, it was just a great thing. I mean, uh, Zach, I don't know how you felt about it, but I left there feeling. Uh, re-energized, revamped, ready to to finish out the year strong, and also work on my marriage. Uh, what what were your takeaways from that event? Oh yeah, I mean we left supercharged, man. Um, definitely, it was the first time that we went to any. Me and my wife had went to any kind of trade conference together. Uh, we're hoping to hit up GIE, so hope to see all you guys there that we met at uh, the together in the trades. Um, but just to be able to see other couples that have been in the business together or just got into the business together. And like you said, just the networking of everything was huge and just to meet up Friday and to be able to meet all those people Saturday and lunch and, and after at the hotel and be able to do the podcast and meet all the influencers. I mean, it was super surreal and I mean, definitely a huge growing experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, me and my wife, the same case for us. Uh, we hadn't gone to anything together um, so I hope to hope to end up at J- GIE this year. Uh, I got some vacations planned at that time in the year, so I got to make sure all the dates work out. But hopefully we can get there and hook up and reconnect with everybody. Um, but so as I was saying earlier, we're going to have young guests and older guests. And from uh, together in the trades, from meeting you in person, how old are you? You look like one on the younger end of things. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm 28. 28. Okay. So yeah, you're not too old. You're not, you're not on the 40, How old are 40 you? and up. I don't think I caught your age either. I'm 21. So 21. There you go. So you're I'm, on the younger spectrum. That's I guess. right. That's right. <laughs> but we, I feel like we were, we were kind of on the same range of things. That's, I didn't know how to feel going Definitely. into there. I didn't know if there was going to be 50 year olds or 18 year olds, uh, but right. That, I kind of thought the same. There really ended up being everything in between. I mean, I, we were at a table with, uh, I man, I don't even know how old they were. I mean, he had to be in his late forties, probably. Yeah, Joshua um, Sutton, I think you were sitting with. Right? Yeah, Sutton, and then there was another yeah. couple that was sitting with us. Um, that he definitely had to be in his forties, also. So, uh, it was oh, yeah. a wide variety of ages, but it was super cool meeting everybody and talking. Uh, but Zach, enough of me talking about together in the trades. We've already recapped that. Let's <laughs> let's hop right into your story and um just take us back to to your beginning you said you're 28 so talk about how you got into the business and uh kind of give us a snapshot of where you are now and and what the process was to get here yeah definitely so um when i was i guess 18 um i started working at a lawn care company with a couple friends they were all i was pretty much just looking for work and the way this company culture was was bring in a friend throw him a t-shirt you're hired start weed eating. (laughs) Hopefully you don't miss anything. So, uh, we were doing giant apartment complexes and we just kind of learned the ropes there, learned how to weed eat, weed eat fast edge, edge for miles, um, run zero turn mowers, things like that. Um, between working there and a couple other lawn care places, landscape places, um, mainly just cutting grass though. Um, I learned, to be able to do all the things that I know how to. Um, I'd say I did that for six years. Um, well, no, five years. And then um, I was 26 
whenever I started my company, um, I was working at a motorcycle dealer here in Festus, Missouri. We're just south of St. Louis, um, kind of right where it starts to get more rural instead of city. And I was riding a dirt bike. I wrecked it, ended up breaking my hand. And which after seeing you in that cast, you had the exact same cast on. So it kind of, kind of gave me a little PTSD. <laughs> uh, but, uh, that's kind of where everything started whenever I started going, uh, you know, working for myself is I broke my hand. I went and worked at that motorcycle shop because I wasn't able to cut grass. I couldn't pull the trigger on the weed eater. I couldn't pull the trigger on the blower. I couldn't use a walk behind. We didn't have zero turns at the company I was working at at the time. Um, and they didn't have any openings on the landscape side. So they pretty much told me I was laid off until I was able to work again. And, um, so I went and worked at that motorcycle place as a service advisor and well, I was supposed to be a mechanic. I didn't pass the test. Apparently <laughs> they threw me in as a service advisor and it's kind of where I learned like cold calls and talking to customers and face-to-face -face interactions and invoices and how to type properly on the computer and things like that, which I give a mass amount of credit to them guys for helping me and throwing me in the ropes for doing that. Um, after working there, I realized that $10 and 50 cents an hour just wasn't cutting it. Wow. <laughs> just, yeah. Wow. Let yeah. Me, well, let's, uh, let's hit on that for a minute. What, so what year was this now? Uh, 18, 2018. Wow. So not even that long ago. Yeah, no, this is just, uh, three, three and a half years ago. Now I was yeah. making $10 and 50, I went from making 16, uh, running a crew at the lawn care company, which I mean, at the time, I know things have kind of spiked up a little bit, but at the time, it wasn't horrible. Money. No, that's uh, I mean, that's still within four or five dollars of what the what the going rate is now. So right, me and my wife just bought our first house, and um, that actually kind of makes everything go full circle here. Um, we needed a lawnmower, and we bought just about a third of an acre in town, so it's a kind of a bigger corner lot. And uh, I needed a lawnmower. Well, uh, the company I was working at let me borrow a weed eater. Um, I took that weed eater and ended up weed eating my whole entire yard with it <laughs> because I didn't have the money for a lawnmower at the time. And, uh, my cousin asked, well, they said, Hey, I know you do lawn care. My lawn's really tall right now. Can you come cut it? Sure. I'll come by and just knock it down is what I told them. Well, I ended up weed eating the whole entire yard. <laughs> One of the neighbors was outside watching me and complimented, complimented me on how good it looked. And I did all the edges, how I knew how to do and area trimmed the whole yard and blew the sidewalks off with the weed eater and they were just amazed by it so i ended up needless to say picking them up as a customer was going there and weed eating their yard for i think three weeks before i ended up thinking to myself like man i really look stupid um and this could be something and i got me a i think it was a walmart brand push mower and uh, like 180 bucks or something like that. And I went and push mowed that yard. And then actually the same week, my dad, I told my dad that I just bought a new push mower and kind of was telling him the story. And he was like, well, hey, come cut my yard. So then I had my first route was <laughs> my yard, my cousin's yard, and my dad's yard. Well, push mowing it was not fun. Like I said, we live in a rural area and it just, it just didn't make sense. And, um, Oddly enough, the uh, motorcycle company that I was working at, they were getting ready to fire their lawn guy. Well, they had a very large commercial size lawn. And I thought to myself, hey, if I get a walk behind, I can cut this lawn plus the other three that I'm doing and pay for the payment of what the walk behind costs. So that's exactly what I did. I told them that I can cut their grass. I got the contract. I, well, not really a contract at the time. I was writing little carbon copy receipts and invoices. I didn't even know really what an invoice was. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much I got that account, got my walk behind. Um, I bought a small trailer, a five by six or a five by 10 trailer. I'm sorry. And a walk behind and I had that weed eater. And then I went to our local farm store and I bought a handheld steel weed eater or a handheld steel blower. And it was just off to the races after that. Wow, well, that is that is a unique story for sure. So, so really, if you if you want to look back on it, your broken hand kind of led you into this. Oh, most definitely. Hmm. 
So you can. Yeah, like I definitely did the lawn care before, and it was in my blood. It was a super passion of mine. Everybody knew it, just the way that I did lawn care. And I was always posting pictures on my Facebook of the stripes and and different, you know, big hills we were cutting and stuff like that. So it was definitely already boiling in my blood. But just the breaking my hand and then working at that motorcycle place for the, the hourly wage that I was just wasn't cutting it, especially buying our first home. And then I just bought a Chevy Colorado was my first truck. And luckily I had the truck too, because that definitely helped out or I would have been putting my push mower in the back of a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's the last guest we had on here started in a minivan. So yeah, uh, it's, it's humble beginnings. And definitely. Uh, so, well, that's a cool story. So, so what have you done over the last three years and uh, kind of where are you at today? Yeah, so we took uh, took that Chevy Colorado, the 5x10 trailer, the old crappy used Ferris walk behind that I bought, and uh, we kind of just really upgraded all of it as fast as we possibly could. We just dumped all the money that we were making right back into the business. Um, I think a year after starting everything, I went from a 05 Colorado up to a 2012 Silverado, just a 1500 and then I went and bought a six and a half by 14, uh, brand new off the lot, um, utility trailer. And I paid cash for it. Um, and then I went and financed a new, uh, Ferris FW 35, 52 inch walk behind. And that really kind of was a game changer as well. Um, we were looking better, looking more professional. The truck was bigger, full size, nice. Um, that's kind of when we started getting landscape jobs and calls and people knew we could take on those jobs. Um, and then just a year after that as well, or maybe two years, year and a half, um, just this year in April, I just purchased a 2016 2500 HD, um, Chevy Silverado. And I have also purchased a 16 foot, um, enclosed trailer. And we just got a 61-inch zero-turn mower. Um, I equipped my entire trailer with equipment defender racks. So we have all our line trimmers in there. We have all our backpack blowers. Um, the zero-turn walk-behind gas cans, everything up on the wall looking clean. Um, I have one other guy that runs with me daily. Um, and we try to look as professional as possible. We're using Yardbook as a CRM, so everything that we're doing now is definitely not carbon copy receipts. <laughs> and it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, most definitely, definitely. Um, as soon as we got Yardbook, um, I think the first couple customers maybe turned us down because our prices were crazy. But <laughs> um, other than that, just it started. I mean, it started getting landscape jobs for us left and right. As soon as you email that to a customer or you don't tell them a price right to their face, which is another big tip that I could tell anyone. Don't give someone a price, you know, whenever you're there looking at stuff, just let them know that you got all the information you got. You're going to snap a couple quick pictures and you'll get the estimate to them as soon as possible. Hopefully that night or, you know, within a couple of days. That's right. Um, my magic, my yeah. magic quote is I got to go run the numbers and I'll get back with you. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And everyone, well, well, what's a roundabout? What's a ballpark? Yep, so, yeah, I had I mean, that just the other day. We can kind of give you a ballpark that way, and then you can kind of weed out the customers that you know. That way you can tell them right then and there, well, hey, if it's a $2,000 install and you only got 800 bucks, maybe we're not the guy for you. Sorry. Yeah. And then you don't even waste your time on that estimate. So Yeah. And you got you, uh, I saw on Instagram, didn't you get a dump trailer also? Uh, yes, we do have a dump trailer, which was another giant game changer. Um, and then it was a little bit late, but in J January or February, I found a super good deal on a 18 horsepower Billy goat leaf vacuum. And, okay. uh, I, I know you're more in the South. Do you guys do a lot of leaf cleanup? Oh my gosh. We do leaf cleanups all the, the whole winter. And, and that's, that's kind of a topic we can go off into for a minute is it kind of blows my mind. Um, because like you follow Brian and all them up in Michigan and, mm -hmm. um, the people up North y'all are in Missouri, right? Yes. All right. So y'all are, I mean, kind of what mid, would you consider just Midwest? What would y'all consider um, yourselves? We're, I mean, we're Midwest as the region that we would call ourselves. Yeah. 
but we're in if you're actually talking about missouri we're like right central eastern like we're right below st louis okay yeah so it's so i don't know how you can talk about it in a minute how your how your leaves do but up there man i know me and brian have talked about this is they go and all their leaves will come off the trees in like two or three weeks they'll have heavy rains and all their leaves yep. are on the ground and they'll be done with yep. leaf cleanups on the property in a week or two um and that's that's how they do business up there well down here we can't they do they give like a one-time leaf cleanup charge and then that's how they price right. up there well we don't yep. do, that's not how ours are we we'll start our trees will start shedding leaves in uh you almost have to do monthly november yeah but they don't stop shedding until february i mean so right. we're we're out there on an every two week basis like our normal mowing schedule almost like we never we never really stop going to the properties that have a lot of trees because those trees shed leaves all winter. So by the time the leaves are done, it's time for the grass to start growing again. And um, <laughs> that's that's something I've tried to figure out myself is I'm going to have to get better at finding a price for leaf cleanups because... Um, right, you don't want to charge them a gob at one time and then they're not even coming back to you. And then especially if it's a repeat customer, you go back in the spring and, you, and then you know they're hesitant. If you charge two or $300 for a tiny little leaf cleanup, Yep. The, the, you know, they don't want to do it again, and then you go back in the spring, and then you got leaves all over the place, and they just expect you to chop them up with your mower. Yep. And we ran, in, we ran into that a lot. Um, we did try just from actually listening to Brian, and, and it's no, you know, not knocking him at all because he does give out great content and good information, but it's it's all regional. Um, you know, he That's doesn't right. know every single region, and he doesn't work in every single region, quite frankly. So, yeah. Um, it, I'd say we're kind of like 50-50 in the middle of where you're at and where he's at. So, like, we get the November leaf fall and then December. Usually the first – the last week of November, first week of December has been our heaviest. Um, two weeks, I'd say, in a row is where we're, I mean, just getting blown up. Our phone's just going crazy. I mean, we're going to an estimates nonstop and doing these leaves from sun up to sundown, which is, you know, a little earlier in the fall time. But – yeah. Um, and then I'd say uh, there's some kind of oak tree around here. I don't know the exact oak. And there's also a lot of people who have magnolias in their yard. Magnolias drop year round. Yep. And yep. there's we a certain kind. There's a certain kind of oak tree that does not drop its leaves, any of its leaves, until the new buds push them off. So it's almost like we get this whole another wave of like craziness when that starts happening, mm-hmm. and that's like late January, early February. Yep, yep. Depending on weather and snow. Like this year was even later. It was like mid-March. We were still, you know, running and cleaning up. Uh, do you guys have gumballs there? Like sweet gum trees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck, heck my goodness. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> we have right. way too many. I met, I met uh, Greg Wheat. I'm not sure if you ran into yeah, him or met yeah. him uh, down there together in the trades. But um, – we were just cutting up not too long ago and talking about those gumballs. And he was like, no, we don't have them. I was like, man, you were lucky. Be glad. <laughs> because right, those things are ferocious. <laughs> yeah, they are. I, they are nothing to play with. I do not enjoy them. No. So, so what does y'all snow scenario look like where y'all are? Do you do, you do any snow? Do y'all get a lot of it? Uh, what does um, that look like? We have this weird area to where every time it rains, depending on which direction the storm's coming from exactly, uh, it splits right around us. Um, but there's like a 50 mile little stretch where we live. I think that's elevated higher. We, we are located right along the Mississippi river and we're in the Mississippi river Valley. Well, this one spot where we live is pretty high and raised, uh, on ours on the Missouri side. But then when you go over to Illinois, like right across the river, it's super flat and low, like below river level. So I think whenever the, the, storm systems are pushing through i kind of it kind of splits around that mountain so to say it's not really a mountain but it kind of splits around that so we get weird snowstorms too so like up north in st louis it'll snow eight inches where we are it'll snow three so and then down south of us maybe 30 40 miles it'll snow eight inches so everything's so hit and miss um i have yet to buy a plow I've been really, I've been wanting to because I did get a couple calls last year about doing some like subdivisions or like uh, back roads, we call them. There's like a couple rural roads that go to subdivisions and they want them done. They called me last year, but I had to turn them down. But what we do is we just have a 
I don't want to say this wrong. I put it wrong in a post too. It's either a Toro or a Troy built. I want to say it's a Troy built um, snowblower. And the just little turbine in the front turns, pull a handle like a push mower and push it around and it blows the snow incredibly. Um, I have a TikTok. I don't know if you have a TikTok, but the biggest video that I've had yet on TikTok with 36,000 views, I think it has, and a couple thousand, two or three thousand likes um, was of me using that snowblower on, a, I think, a 10-inch snow we had here last year. But it's just so hit and miss that it's really hard to invest in. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's, that sounds like it's, that sounds rough and you don't want to, you don't want to put too much money into it, especially because you don't know what your return is going to be like. Um, yeah. And I've always, and from everybody that I know that does snow, I've always heard it's a very risky thing. You can either lose your butt or you can do really good in it. Um, yeah, which, and to co- the, what comes with that is the finance prices for a plow and actually the cost of a plow too. So, <laughs> I mean, to justify seven or eight grand as a, uh, you know a risk like you said that's a pretty big risk to not yeah, make anything for sure especially to hold for a whole year and then if you're financing it again um it's a huge risk of taking out that chunk of money and then paying on that plow all year long yeah and not maybe not getting no snow and it's super high interest rates for any kind of snow equipment that, yeah that's uh we don't have to deal with that down here i mean if we get an inch of snow the whole city shuts down so <laughs> um, safe to say we don't do any we don't do any snow removal down here in Alabama uh, but yeah we're we're trying to honestly last year it kind of ruffled my feathers a little and I just didn't really care for it people calling me at three o'clock in the morning and yeah I'm not too much of a morning person as it already is and getting woke up out of my sleep to tell me I got to go work at times that I don't want or didn't plan to work it's usually not the greatest idea so well, um, and I think a I lot just, of it has to do with where you're at in life when it comes to that type of thing. I mean, you have a wife, you have, you got like you. We were talking a little bit before. You got dogs. You got to take care of puppies, and so right. Uh, that's, well, I can only imagine having kids and ex- doing it. Exactly. So you're not just single sitting at home waiting, waiting to go plow snow. You have a you have right. a family at home, so you don't want to get up at two thirty and leave for twelve or eighteen hours and go and plow snow. Exactly. So. Yeah. So I'm thinking what we're gonna do this year, which I said last year and i think i'm just going to stick to it is we're just going to double up what we did on snow uh sorry on the leaves last year so uh i know it's not some crazy number by any means but i just want to let people know you know a rough number what you can do but last year in uh four weeks time the last two weeks of november and the first two weeks of december and this was without the billy goat leaf uh, loader we made seventy six hundred dollars Wow. In four, in four weeks. And that's in some people's off season. Yeah. And I had a lot of people around here telling me, and they kind of feel like the way we feel about snow, about the leaves. Like there's some guys around here that are like, I don't even want to touch them. I don't even want to do the leaves. You guys can do it. That's my off season. I'll send you all my customers. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean, and I'm like. Leaves is one of those things. It's, you know, I don't enjoy them. I enjoy them for about the first week. If we're being honest, but you honest. know it's gonna fall. But you know that <laughs> hey, that's the thing. You know they're gonna be there every year, and you know it's very temporary. If you can, if yep. you can do them for six or eight weeks and just push through, that is a that is a great source of income that you're gonna be. Stat- and and it's worth investing in good equipment. I feel like when you're looking at uh, leaf oh, yes. and stuff, because it's like we just said with snow, you don't ever know what you're gonna get. But when you get in the leaves, those leaves are gonna yeah, fall you know every fall, no matter what. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. We we got a. Oh, no, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, last year we invested in the uh, BR seven hundred. Yeah. Um, I didn't really want to take the leap on the eight hundred just for mainly because I already have, like I said, crashed the dirt bike and there was a couple other incidents I had. So uh, in two thousand eighteen, December first, um, I broke my right femur on a dirt bike, so I had to have practically a hip and knee replacement. I have a rod through my right leg, mm. and just with that, I get a lot of hip pain and knee pain and referred pain from that. Yeah. And I, and that BR 800, it's big, it's hefty. <laughs> so yeah, it's a hoss. I was, I, I put it on at the store and I was just like, yeah, just extra, I think it was 180 bucks or something like that. And, and the weight on it, I was just like, we're just going to try the 700. Cause all we had was the 600 at the time. Yeah. And I tell you what, the 700 is a beast. It's great for blowing leaves. Yeah. And that's, we, we run 800s down here. Um, we went, you run steel equipment? Yeah, yeah, we run all steel. I have one 
have one piece of echo equipment, and that's my pole trimmers uh, that I bought a couple years ago. But um, we run all steel blowers and weed eaters and that type of stuff, chainsaws. Uh, and we run nice. the, the 800s. We did we did go ahead with the and got the side store on them. And I've actually at first I didn't like them, but I've kind of fallen in love with them now. Um, now, I've, does it have a regular pull start or just that one on the side? No, the 800 they have it offers they offer two. They offer a pull start like a normal backpack blower, and then they have the side start. Um, the side so start the is a little side, more money. It doesn't have a regular pull start handle. Oh though, no, just no, no, the no! Thing on the side. Correct. Yes, if you if you hmm. get the one on the side, that's that's your only way to start it. Um, and it's it it has its advantages and disadvantages. I mean, your main advantage is you're blowing and you get a phone call and you have to stop. You don't take the whole blower off, set it down, mm-hmm. pull it, put it back on your shoulders and start all over again. Or if a customer comes out and wants to talk, you just turn it off Same and then thing, as soon as yeah. they're done, you just pull that and you're, ba- you're back at it. So uh, it, it does limit the off and on aspect of it. Um, it. It takes a little bit of getting used to, for sure, figuring out. That's kind of oh, like, yeah, like a rhythm of how to get it going. Uh, but once you figure it out, it's nice. And if you are anybody that's listening and is wanting to go from like a, a 600 or get a bigger one, um, I would recommend going with the 800 if you don't have problems carrying it and that type of stuff. And what you said makes sense. You don't want the extra weight on your on your knees and stuff and hips. Oh, I still I still think we're going to pull the trigger on one this year. Though. <laughs> I would I would highly recommend it. I mean, especially and they have the uh, waist straps on them, so if you can. You can yeah, put that thing around. You. you can put that thing around your waist, and it uh, it really helps with like the back support. And it takes. Do you typically use that? <laughs> I, per, I don't. I don't. I don't. See, use that was it. my other big big thing about not getting it is they don't. You know, they don't make one without it. Yeah. And there's not really like fasteners that pop off or something like that. Yeah. And and I was thinking, you know, those are going to get tore and ripped, and they're just flopping around, and they're going to be like behind your back. If yeah, you're not having them strapped on like uh, they're really not that know. bad though. I mean, <laughs> they stay out of the way. I mean, I've probably buckled it ten or twelve times since I've had it, and it really does help when you wear it. It it does help. So I'm not saying yeah, yeah. I noticed that a lot whenever I put it on. That was it. It was one of the only things that justified the weight of it. Yeah, like if it didn't have that, it would it would almost be unbearable. Yeah, yeah. So it's um they're they're good blowers though. They they're a hoss and they can move some leaves. Um, Are but, you using those on your? day-to-day like lawn maintenance yes well that's all we have we we just that's run all you have yep oh wow so and it's kind of one of the things i've gotten used to them so i can't do anything less uh I yeah no it's the same way i have the the 600 and then the 700 and i don't like to be stingy but i tell my guy the 700 is mine yeah the other one's his yep. <laughs> and it's and and i go to grab the other one every once in a while and put it on and i'm just like <laughs> come on yeah like, you got to get three foot closer to everything it doesn't just blow out the driveway cracks or the edges like yep. without being right up on it yep and that's it's definitely noticeable that's a big thing it's like is the 800 a little bit overkill for a normal residential yard yes it is but it works just as good as a 600 does and and you have it for the winter time when the when the leaves are down and, right. and it does make life a little bit easier get a whole bunch summer. of different equipment because like blowing off mower decks and stuff it gives you that extra power getting down into the spindles and getting all that oh yeah out of there um, yeah that would be nice yeah so it, they they really do help but that's a fun little tangent if you're looking into blowers go check out the steel br 800s uh they are they are very good blowers um but so you were talking about financing let's hop into that and, and say as much or as little as you want to uh, but this is kind of a topic okay. that I that I'm curious to talk about and, and kind of hear your opinion. Yeah. So you've gone, so you've been in it what three three and a half years now, um, uh-huh. as your own, and you've got a lot of stuff, and, and you've it sounds oh, like yeah. you've grown pretty quickly, um, and, and it's you're investing back in the business for sure. Uh, I can definitely tell that just from all the equipment that you have, and and it sounds like you're doing it the right way. Um, are you taking it and are, I mean, are you fine? You said financing the plow. So are you financing some stuff? Are you paying cash for some stuff? How is that happening? And like I said, don't say anything you don't want to say. You're not comfortable saying, um, but for the guys starting out it, that are scared to take that plunge and, and finance, what, what advice do you have on that? Because I mean, I'll be honest, I financed my stuff starting out um, and it, and it's gave me the opportunity to have equipment that I couldn't do the jobs that I'm doing now without, the, without it. So, Right. Uh, touch on that as much or as little as you want to. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts because you've done it in such a short time, and you've got what I mean, well over 100 grand worth of equipment. It sounds like um, by now, yeah, pretty cool. pretty close, close to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, 
just go into that a little bit and, and like I said, say as, as little or as much as you want. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I'll definitely be open about it. I'm, you know, comfortable and we're all in the same boat and got to start somewhere. So, um, so I mean, it, it really all started by financing and I wouldn't have anything I have now without it. Um, leveraging good debt, I guess, not so much just financing um, as Brian or any other mentor would say. Yeah. And leveraging good debt. Key. So if it's something that you can't justify or it's something that you're not like the plow. If it's something that's just going to sit for three quarters of the year, yep. and and it's a possible liability, uh, then then it's something that I would never finance. That's something that I would pay cash for. Um, but if it's some, as in like that leaf blower, we we did not pull the trigger on a, a brand new one in the beginning of the fall last year, which it would have helped a lot. But I couldn't pay cash for it, and I did not want to finance something that I was going to be paying a payment on all summer long yeah. when I was planning on getting the new zero turn and the bigger truck and trailer this year. So I didn't want to completely overload everything. So you still got to be mindful and intentional in what you're doing. Um, so, but to start everything, uh, I had that small Chevy Colorado. It was my personal daily truck. Um, I rode dirt bikes. So I wanted a truck to throw my dirt bike in the back of, go to the track, go to the, the state parks, have fun. Well, never really thought of it being a lawn care rig. It had stickers all over it, and it just looked crazy. <laughs> it was bright blue. Uh, it had a different colored fender from getting in an accident. It was just a little turd. Well, uh, I owed a couple grand on it, and I thought to myself, well, if I can get rid of that one payment and get a lawn mower for almost the, or get a loan for almost the same amount as what my initial loan on my truck was for which I'll just, I'll just be open about it. It was $6,000. I owed maybe 3000 on my truck. So I got a $6,000 loan. I paid that $3,000 off. That gave me, or that freed up $150 a month is what that payment was. Well, I knew that the walk behind payment, because I had went and talked to the lawnmower shop, it was $150 a month. So by getting a $6,000 loan, I went from paying $150 a month on a truck that wasn't getting me anywhere or making me any money to now having a paid off truck that I can get rid of, sell or leverage at any time and having a mower that was financed and making me money. So I just took the, the, I guess the equity in my truck, so to say, and turned it into, um, cash flow. So, uh, we took the equity from the truck, financed the mower, turned that into our cash flow and then all that cash that we were coming in we were just trying to pay down that payment as much as possible um to be honest my walk first walk behind still isn't paid oh well the first one i guess is uh but the the second brand new one that i financed wasn't um so after that um we got the bigger truck um i paid down everything again until my payments made sense and we were low enough that we had enough equity and we financed the newer truck. I think we were paying maybe a hundred dollars extra a month. Um, and we were able to do more jobs. We were able to put a bigger trailer on the back of it. We were able to pull more leaves. We were able to, you know, put more mulch on that trailer and pull it instead of using the little Colorado. Yep. And it just made complete sense to leverage the good debt. Um, to be honest, whenever I, I'd say a year before I started my company, I had terrible credit. Um, thankful to my wife to kind of keep me straight um, and getting my feet wet to what credit was and actually how it worked. And she showed me all that. And once that was figured out, I just kind of went crazy with learning the credit and how it worked and utilizing good debt and having credit cards that don't have a massive amount spent on them and things like that. And uh, my credit score went from low fives to I think we're over 750 now. So um, and again, that helps leveraging that debt, keeping everything good, keeping payments good. And that's allowing us to make money ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's cool to, for me to hear. Um, and, and hopefully it's going to help somebody else out this listening and, and kind of on the fence about that. And it's the, the key point I feel like you need to take away from that is you did it. You, you went into debt with some stuff, but you did it the right way. You didn't go and buy something. It's like you were talking about the plow, that plow, if it's gonna sit there three quarters of the year, like you were saying, you need to find that on Facebook Marketplace and get a get a used one and pay cash for that thing. 
Uh, right. Yeah, and then, then go ahead. I would recommend, sorry to cut you off, no. but I would recommend if anyone has to do that, like it might look flashy what we have now, the, the you know, the big rig going down the street and enclosed and the yep. zero turn and all matching everything and this, that, and other. I started with a used, maybe five year old steel weed eater that, that ultimately made me enough money to buy a push mower. And like everyone's got to start somewhere. So don't think that just because you, only have a thousand dollars in the bank or, or even if you don't have that, you know, whatever the number is and you want that piece of equipment that costs X amount, just take and find one that's used. But I mean, do your research, obviously don't just, you know, you might screw yourself if you go buy something and not do your research yeah. and, and you know, you might not be making any money at all, but uh, definitely do your research, find something that's reasonable. That's going to be able to make you enough money to get you some cash flow going to be able to justify getting those things. That's that's right. That sounds good. And and also just um, get a mentor in your life that can teach you about that stuff. If you're if you're trying to learn about credit and how it works, like you were saying, once your wife helped, uh, kind of showed you the ropes, you kind of delved in and figured everything out um, yourself. And that's a big thing that I am a, a huge advocate for is is figuring out how to use credit, and how to use debt. Um, I, I love Dave Ramsey's a super cool guy. I like, I know him personally, what I follow of him, he seems like a super cool, cool guy. He's responsible with his money. He, uh, influences a lot of people and has helped a lot of people. Um, but as you know, if you listen to him at all, he's a, he's a no credit card person. And right. uh, I, I personally, I don't agree with that. I, I feel like Dave Ramsey is somebody who is, um, trying to help people get out of debt. That's what exactly, his goal is. Exactly, I agree. Not not help you get rich. It's help to it's help you get out of debt, and that's a good yeah, thing because there's so I many Americans that are in debt. Yeah, I don't think there's any you know people that are massively successful just listening to Dave Ramsey and benefiting from it. it I think, it, like you said, he he wants to portray that image, but really he's talking to the people who are in debt and struggling to get out of debt and giving them the motivation to do that, and. And just like you're saying uh, about leveraging the good debt and and hoping that you know that this content might help some other people, uh, the only reason I knew about leveraging good debt was Brian Fullerton. Yep. Uh, listening to his YouTube videos, and then once he started that podcast, I mean, I knew just little bits and pieces of information and things like I said, my wife was teaching me things like that, um, and things I was learning on my own. But through him, I mean, it's just been able. And I did a coaching call with him. Uh, I guess almost been two years now, a year and a half, two years. And uh, since then, I mean, that's really when all the buying the equipment kind of took off because he just gave me the motivation and, and I knew, and we had pretty much this exact talk and that's where, you know, my words are coming from is that don't buy something if it's not making you money and yeah. don't leverage that debt. If it's just going to sit there and you're going to be servicing a debt that you're not making money off of, it's pointless. Yeah, and and this is a fun topic. It's something that we could talk about a while. Everybody's got a different opinion, and um, just wrap back to the whole Dave Ramsey thing. I don't I don't want you thinking I don't like Dave Ramsey. He's helped a lot of people. Uh, anybody that's listening, I, I respect what he does. Um, I just I'm not going to follow his principles in my business. Now in my personal life, uh, there's ways you can use your credit cards to build up points and all that, get cash back. Um, you just have to do it responsibly. Um, so I'm not saying I hate Dave Ramsey. I, I'm just saying there is a good way, there's a way to use that the right way. And, uh, along the lines of that, I've actually got lined up. Hopefully next week, we're going to have a, uh, my personal banker is going to come on the show and, and going to talk about, uh, how to, how to use small business debt and, and credit lines of credit and how to grow your business with that stuff. So, um, y'all tune in if you're looking into that, if this topic interests you at all. Uh, let us know, and we'll we'll do some more stuff on that. But um, so let's let's kind of hit on social media a little bit. That's kind of one of the last things I want to want to talk about for you is I. So we follow each other on Instagram, and then I've been seeing a lot about your TikTok. Um, TikTok is definitely taken off. It has grown over the past what twelve, sixteen, eighteen months. Um, it has grown a lot, and I see that you are wanting to get to a thousand followers. Did you end up meeting that goal? Oh yeah, we have, we did. Uh, I think we're sitting at a, like a thousand and ten or something like that now. Good deal. So, kind of explain that a little bit for people that don't know um, what the big deal with going to hitting a thousand followers and how that's helping you. Yeah. So, um, whenever I first started it, it was during the whole craze, you know, 
Trump was leaving office, everyone was talking about TikTok getting shut down and banned and me being nosy me, I just went and got on TikTok. <laughs> and uh, I just, I mean, it sucked me in. I mean, I don't think any user on TikTok can, can sit there and say that it didn't just reel you in from the second you start watching any of it. Um, I completely lost my train of thought, buddy. <laughs> oh no, you're good. It's a really cool. It's a really cool platform. I mean, it's uh, I've I've never really jumped into it back when it came out, but I've recently got into watching some things on there, and I've learned a lot from it. That you can follow oh, yeah. a lot of investing people and um, business people, real estate. There's a lot of stuff you can learn on there if you do it the right way. Um, but where we were going, I was just asking. So, like the the thousand followers. Um, right. What is the, what is that doing for you? That, I saw something about going live or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, I went down way over left side. But no, you're good. Uh, yeah, back to where we were going. Um, so uh, yeah, I found out that to be able to go live, you have to have a thousand followers, um, which I think is kind of cool because then it's not just a bunch of random people. Um, which even though if you've been on TikTok, it is just a bunch of random people doing random stuff on live. Yeah. So I had this crazy, weird vision which I still haven't been able to utilize fully yet. Um, and, and the podcast I listened to today that was one of your first ones was just talking about how time-consuming it actually is. And you're starting to realize, you know, producing that content just creates, or, you know, it, it takes so much time. Um, and what I wanted to do is I seen this one guy, and I wish I could remember his name, then I can say it and people can go look at it. But he takes blank skateboards that are white, and he gets all these different color Sharpie markers and he's writing people's names on it. So like people are interacting with it and he's just sitting there and music's playing in the background and people are commenting, you know, they want to get their name put on the skateboard and he puts the, you know, at such and such name on there. Well, I got to thinking, I sharpen my blades every single week. Some kind of lawn care nuts would sit there and watch it. And it'd be kind of cool to sit there and sharpen blades and then write people's names on them. Like, uh, you know, people that are watching them, people that you know, want to shout out, write their names on it like they do on the skateboard. Yeah. And then we go use use the blade for the week, come back or the day or whatnot, grind it all off and start fresh again, start up a live video, get some people watching. Uh, like I said, we haven't been able to utilize it yet. Um, I was out there just that one day I started up a live video and I think I got maybe four followers or four viewers. So I was kind of bummed about that, but it was my first one. It was like the middle of the day. So it was horrible timing. Um, there wasn't too much intention behind it or intentionality behind it. Um, I was just kind of just throwing it up there, throwing mud at the wall and seeing what stuck, but nothing stuck at the time. So we're going to try to get on a set schedule of doing that. And then we can kind of reel some people in and get, you know, followers and viewers all the time, regular viewers, and hopefully make something of it. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I'm learning with social media is there is there there's definitely times of day play a huge factor in everything that you do when it comes to social media. Um, the right. algorithms and stuff, the, it it recognizes how long it's been since you've posted something, um, how long how long has it been since your closest followers and stuff have been online and uh all the engagement and all that type of stuff so it's it's definitely a process it's not something that you can just throw up there and, and hope it works um you got right. an intentionality behind it and and that type of thing so that's definitely yeah i give you uh a lot of props for starting the podcast and and just i mean i think you're going places i think it sounds good everything you know all your stuff looks good so um that's Huge props and kudos to you for that. Well, I appreciate it. I'm I'm a nobody. I'm just trying to get everything figured out and and put out here. And it's kind of like I said. I just um, I'm a young guy that's that's going through it. And uh, I don't know if you listened or not, but that's the the description that I want this podcast to have is I'm not a 40 year old that's been in it for 20 years. I'm a 21 year old that's been in it for three years. And so right. um, I, I kind of want to walk through this journey and bring people along with me, the young guys, and say, look, we're doing this thing together. Um, and, oh, yeah. and, and even for you, you're 28 years old, you're older, but you've been in it, what, three and a half years? So we're almost older. A, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't say old, I just said older. Um, but we're we're kind of in the same spot in business like in like the years in business and stuff so even us we can go through this together and learn those things like credit and and how to use debt and um and all that stuff what equipment to buy and and all just all the stuff involved with the business um that 
the tips and tricks and, and all the stuff that you need to learn and all the things that I wish I would have known when I was coming out of high school starting the business. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because credit is one of those things that I wish I would have had in high school. Um, and, and we'll go into that further on a later topic uh, on another episode. I don't want to keep continuing hating on that. Um, but. <laughs> no, yeah, but back to social media like we were talking about. Sorry, uh, we went on a weird tangent there. Um, but TikTok is is definitely taken off. It's just hard to – it's more of a social media thing, I guess, just kind of getting to meet people in the green industry and more so networking with people around the country and the world. And, and like you were saying, uh, being able to learn from them uh, because we don't know everything and, and hopefully we're learning every day. It's what we hope to do. Uh, but Facebook, I want to say, and and I'm sure everyone knows, but Facebook, and which they've recently integrated with Instagram, um, has a great platform for getting people to message your business uh, about business, about actual work and needing work in your area. Um, you can boost posts and ads in your in your local area to certain people, certain demographics. Um, and I'd say 75% of our marketing and ad generation and lead generation all comes out of Facebook. Um, from people messaging me to people in the community sharing things and letting other people know about our services. And we're kind of just seeing who's actually following along, who's doing what. Um, we've made a lot of connections and a huge network off of our Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I talked on that on one of my YouTube videos saying kind of same basis of Facebook. And I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what it's like around the country, but like around here, our like our cities have groups like what's happening in the city that we live in trust yeah them. yep and, and so those are huge groups for us there's a lot of work a lot of questions people uh asking for lawn maintenance and all that stuff in there uh, so facebook is a good way to to run ads and like you said you can target the specific people in the areas that you want to um and and kind of do it on a budget too you're not spending right four hundred dollars on one a day and yeah, an ad for a day yeah, Google, like Google is good. And I'd say Google is, is great. Uh, right now we're ranked number one in our area, our local area uh, on Google. And that's probably, I can say with $0 spent in ads, Yeah. Um, $0 spent in SEO or yeah SEO. And I've never paid anyone for marketing. I've never done anything other than the stuff that I know how to do and stuff that I've learned how to do through Google. And yet we've continuously been number one since I, I want to say November last year. That's big. I mean, that's the Google, uh, the Google, so the Google, my business, is that what you're talking about? Uh, you, like you, yep. yeah, that profile. Um, yeah. So like whenever you, I'm not sure if you can do it now. Um, maybe it's just because I'm where I'm at, but, <laughs> uh, if you Google lawn care Festus, uh, and then once it pops up the little map, Typically, we're one of the first couple that pop up on there because it's uh, a different system of how they generate that. But if you there's little tabs on the top of that, and if you click top or click top rated, we're always the very top one that pops up. So any customer that knows how to do that, or anyone that's searching, you know, for work, they do that and they know that you know we're the top rated in our area. Um, we're five stars. Uh, we always ask our customers for reviews whenever they can leave them. Yeah definitely helps um there's a couple other tips and tricks <laughs> that i don't want to give out but uh, -oh. uh there's some <laughs> there's some things that you can learn to put on there that you it, it definitely helps um and like like you were saying to you know just persistence and stuff it knows what's going on and it knows who's who's watching it and who's using it so yeah yeah it has a brain of its own it, it is oh, it's definitely. a huge thing now um, but well, we're already at 48 minutes, so we're, we're going to button this thing up here in a minute. Keep it short. Um, well, shorter than the last episode, <laughs> not short. Uh, hey, this is short to Brian Fullerton. That's so right. I think that's we're good. right. And, and, that, but I'm enjoying it. That's what I want us to be. Just sit back and, and talk about, talk about business principles and, and kind of where you're at and where I'm at and, uh, how other people can relate to us and, and just kind of how they can grow. Um, so one thing I want to touch on and just kind of find out before we, before we uh, end this thing, what are y'all, are y'all, so y'all a, sounds like you're mainly a service company, right? Like a maintenance company. 
Yeah. Okay, so what what type of landscaping are you offering? I know I, on Instagram I've seen some. You did like a little wall the other day for a flower bed. Um, are you looking yes. to get in some hardscaping? I saw you have the dump trailer. So so what are your goals with that? <laughs> and then we'll kind of kind of wrap this thing up with that. Well, the dump trailer, a hundred percent honest, was bought only for leaves. Okay. Um, I mean, we we use it. Oh, and mulch. Uh, we do a lot of mulch in the beginning of the year. We do a lot of leaves at the end of the year. So do you um, bag so your that, leaves? Uh, no, we got the uh, Billy Goat Leaf Vacuum. Okay. And we built walls on the side of the dump trailer. And you just and, shoot it into the trailer. Uh, yep, a mesh tarp on the back of it. Everything yep. gets blown into a huge okay. pile. And then we just suck it all up and it shreds it. It actually shreds it, which is a big, big component in why we bought that too. Yep. I think, um, and I've heard Brian say, I want to say 13 to 1. So for yeah. every 13 yards we're compressing it down to one yard in that trailer, um, which helps tremendously on just efficiency and cutting down labor cost and labor in general. Um, but yeah, so we, we do do a lot of mulch, um, the leaf cleanups, I guess you can consider that landscaping, um, flower installations. We've done more of than anything this year. Um, it was kind of a thing with me and my wife where we, well, I mean, the customers wanted it, uh, but we made it a thing that every Sunday we would go to the nursery there for, I think, about five weeks in a row. We had uh, an install on Monday, and uh, we do landscaping on Monday and Tuesday, and we cut grass Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then obviously Saturday if it rains or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, we were going to the nursery and getting plants, trees, things like that, every single Sunday, which my wife ended up falling in love with. So trying to find more customers doing that. That was definitely a fun time. That was uh, fun for our company to do great before and after pictures. It did well on social media. Um, you know, other people in the community saw it and definitely got a spike and increase of people wanting things like that. Yep. So I guess we're going to kind of touch into it a little bit. I wouldn't so much say hardscaping. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, I guess just to be honest, I'm scared to do like a hey you like and me a, both a patio or a retaining wall that's big enough that it could fail. That's right. So that that small one that you seen I did, there's no load behind it. There's you know just a little bit of aggregate underneath a, a wall. Yeah. As long as it's level, it's simple. There's flowers behind it. No one's standing in it. There's not a patio above it or you know a house sitting on top of it or anything like that. There's so, very little risk involved. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I hate to say that I don't take a risk to be able to reap the reward, but just to be able to take that big of a risk, especially when it's like a later down the road kind of risk, you know, 10 years down the road, depending on how you warranty a wall or whatnot, you know, yep. someone's going to be calling you going, Hey, this thing fell apart, come fix it. And you're not going to be expecting that at all. I and mean, it's going to be just a, a you know crap job. So we've kind of stayed away from the walls, stayed away from the patios, things like that. So, um, so with one the, thing I, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, one thing I really have found that I enjoy doing other than the planting is, uh, paver edger borders. Yeah. So yeah. I guess if, if that's what you want to call it, like brick stone borders. Yeah. Like making um, flower bed. Yeah, definitely. I, I always just cut like a natural edge, like with a spade shovel, like we would on a, on a regular mulch bed. Um, and then just let the mulch or the rock aggregate fall down into it and, keep it edged with a weed eater every week and it looks good like that and i actually really you know i still care for that style of work but after doing a couple jobs with that edging it just makes it pop so much the profit margin on it is so much higher and it's almost it's almost crazy honestly yeah. um what you could charge for that versus doing the natural edge and the customer and, and i don't want to say it in a bad way but they fall for it you know you, you upsell that to them and that's kind of our job. So you upsell that, that border edge to them and you turn, you know, maybe a $500 flower bed into a $1,500 flower bed with a nice, you know, beautiful edge around it. Your pictures look nicer. The customers are liking it. Um, their friends and family see it and want to know who did the work. Whereas, you know, a, a regular flower bed without that might just look typical and normal. Yeah. So that's yeah. something we want to get into and we've learned how to do and we kind of have the tools to do now. So, and the first time we did it, took a long time not gonna lie we lost our butt lost a lot of money uh, we were doing a flagstone patio at the same time as a 
the little edging border around this lady's whole yard, like everything she had in her yard. And uh, I, I, it was maybe like $4,500 or something like that. It took us two and a half weeks to do it. every day between, you know, our Mondays and Tuesdays and going over there after mowing and going over on the weekends. And, and we just really lost our butt on that job. So took a lot of YouTube videos and figuring out how we were, you know, what we were doing wrong and how to do it right. But it was definitely worth getting into. Yeah, yeah, it's a good supplemental source of income, and that's one thing that kind of I got into this year also was uh, softscaping and stuff. And guys, if you're looking to add some services to your business that don't take a lot of equipment, um, it doesn't take that much knowledge. Uh, it's just basic plant knowledge and how to plant things, and uh, it is some softscaping. Look into that route, and because I, for me, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, I, back in the spring. I was booked out five and six weeks and I was adding yep. an extra, I was adding easily an extra $1,500 a week to my, to my income just off simple softscaping projects, um, whether yep. it be mulch and, and a few plants installed and, um, and putting a border in and, and like that. And you're, I mean, it took us, I mean, there was one job, I think we made, we made crazy profit on that job uh, and every job isn't that way, but we were out there for probably like three or four hours and made a thousand dollars. So it was one of those things like, and a thousand dollars to, to me and you, or to me at least a thousand dollars is still a lot of money. Um, Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and if I can do it in three hours, that's, you're looking at 300 bucks plus. Yeah. We were, I was looking at, you know, three and a half years ago, I was looking at $31 and 50 cents in three hours. So a thousand dollars is a lot of money in three hours. Exactly. So, and, and so if you're looking at that and how to add some services, look into softscaping. If you have any questions, reach out to, to me or Zach, I'm sure we could both give you some tips on it. Um, but, uh, we're at 56 minutes now. We have, we have, uh, exceeded our short podcast time for sure. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a blast. It's been, it's been super cool sitting here and talking, uh, kind of getting to know a little bit more about your business and, and how, Definitely. um, how unique it was a starting story for sure. Uh, started with a weed eater and now you've got uh, close to a hundred grand in equipment and you, you leverage that the right way and you're growing. Um, so it's, it's an inspiration to me and I hope it's an inspiration to other people. Well, I'm sure you. it will be. Um, so I, I super appreciate you having on here. You have anything that you want to say kind of wrapping it up, um, to, to leave the guest with? Uh, no, mainly just, uh, like you were saying, if you have any questions, definitely feel free to ask. Um, I'm on Instagram at wildy lawn service, um, Facebook, same thing, just wildy lawn service. Um, either one of them I'll answer questions on any question. Don't be scared to ask Even if it's a specific money question, obviously don't ask me how to bid a job, but <laughs> don't, don't ask you the secrets to the, to the Google, my business listing either. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little touchy subject for me. Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, get a hold of me or uh, Jeremiah here. He's definitely, I'm sure, got some resources to be able to help you guys out. And um, yeah, that's about all I got right now, bud. That sounds good. And for anybody that does, doesn't follow Zach, if you don't follow him and you're listening, Wildy is W I L D E. That is, yep. that's why I said Wild at the beginning. I wasn't adding the E on there. So if you <laughs> yeah, search our, that, our add that E on the end. Yeah, definitely. Our catchphrase is, if you want to turn your wild lawn into a wildy lawn, give us a call. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty catchy. Did you come up with that on your own? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take credit for something you didn't do now. Yep. No, that was uh, at that lawn or, or the uh, motorcycle place I worked at. Um, there was their marketing guy. They actually have a full-time marketing guy. And I've never actually, you know, told – I don't use that all the time. But I've never really told anybody where it come from. But, yeah, that marketing guy. Uh, we were sitting in there and I told him I wanted to start a lawn care business. I told him, you know, not to tell the manager, don't, you know, don't tell anyone, but yeah. I want to start a lawn care business. I really need your help coming up with like a logo and a catchphrase because they always made commercials and stuff for the, they, they'd make videos and they were just marketing people. And, um, and he was sitting there at the computer and he was like, you know, let's turn your wild lawn into a wildy lawn. Give us a call. So I was like, you know that really goes even though it doesn't stick because no one can pronounce my last name so <laughs> well it's all right it sounds good it's pretty catchy so i mean it would entice me but um anyway guys that's going to wrap up this episode it, it's been an honor having you on here zach appreciate your time uh, i know it's an investment to uh sit here this late at night and kind of 
talk and discuss and, and kind of tell your story for everybody listening. Uh, I super appreciate it. Don't take it for granted. And um, hopefully we can get you back on here in, uh, in the fall or, or uh, when you're doing leaf cleanups and talk to you about that whole process and how you're using that billy goat. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate your time as well, buddy, and I'd love to get back on any time. Well, that sounds good, man. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, go follow us on, on all the platforms. Leave us a rating interview. Uh, leave those five stars. We're really trying to push this thing and grow it. Uh, I, I want to reach the community even bigger than we are now. Uh, we're still pretty small, but it's okay. We, we're starting somewhere, and I have big dreams for this podcast, and I hope that uh, we can get some people following it and get behind it and push it. And uh, I just want to grow together. I, I'm not doing this for me. I've invested a lot of equipment and time into this thing, and I'm not making a dime on it. Um, I'm just wanting to grow this thing and, and kind of help put a little what what little bit I have to offer back into the community um, from what I've learned out of it. And so uh, if you enjoyed it, like I said, go leave us those ratings and reviews. And uh, we look forward to tuning in with you all uh, on the next episode. So if you get a chance, uh, check back with us next week. We should have two new episodes dropping. Uh, hopefully with some new guests and we might be talking about the uh, credit the whole credit situation that we were talking about today Uh, that might come out next week but anyway without further ado we're gonna wrap this thing up and we look forward to talking with y'all on the next one see y'all